Podcasting from the JNK Twin Studios. This is the show for Reds fans, by Reds fans. Each week, we take a look at the games, the players, and the stories of Cincinnati Reds baseball. Now, your hosts, Scott Evans and Nick Lawson. And welcome to the Reds Fans Chatter Podcast, Hot Stove Edition, Season 2, Episode 2. And uh, before we get started, I, f- I keep forgetting to mention this. Uh, if you are listening to us, uh, you could do us two big favors. One, if you haven't done this already, hit the subscribe or follow button. And then secondly, share with your friends. If you think we suck, tell them that. Uh, if not, uh, also share. Uh, we're just two Reds, got- two Reds fans uh, talking about the Reds uh, in kind of a more level-headed view than what you're going to get on Facebook, Twitter, especially Twitter. And, uh, and even in the uh, traditional media. So we don't have any insider uh, tips for the most part. Uh, I'm a red season ticket holder. So before COVID, uh, we did have uh, limited access to the team throughout the season. But, uh, but it's not like either one of us are going to call up Nick Crawl or Bob Castellini tomorrow and say, hey, what, what in the world are you thinking? Yeah, we have no affiliation with the Reds whatsoever. We're just fans, just like anybody else out right. there. Right, and and if you see me at the Reds ballpark, because this happens every single year, a lot of times I'm coming from work where I have to wear a collared shirt, so I'm wearing like a a Reds uh, polo type shirt, and and sometimes I forget to take off my badge from where I work at during the week. I don't work for the Reds there either. I, I know a lot about the stadium, so I can probably get you there just as well as an usher, but I don't work for the Reds. <laughs> no, we're simply fans, and we, we love to and enjoy the Reds. But seriously, like, it, it would be a huge uh, favor if you could uh, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast uh, platform and also uh, share with your social media friends uh, that go crazy over the things that uh, we talk about here, especially during the hot stove league in a time where the CBA could ruin baseball for all of us. Yeah. We'll find out December 1st. Uh, we've going to even have a season in 2022. Right. I mean, I think there'll be a season, but will there be spring training? Will it be delayed? Will it be a shortened season? Uh, is that the reason why the Reds are making the moves they're rumored to be making? Because they haven't made any moves since the Wade Miley Miley deal. Uh, Nick Crawl's been in the media saying kind of contradictory things if you uh, look at it on the basic. I mean, one, he's saying all the players are available. Of course, he said that every year, even the year that they added uh, Moustakas and Shogo and uh got Bauer in the in through a trade middle of the season in the off season that year, they said they're listening to trades on everybody. So that doesn't really uh, freak me out, but you know, the media's and social media is like, it's another fire sale. It's another rebuild. And you know, we, we've talked about last week. There's some guys on this team that are making a lot of money that did absolutely nothing statistically for the team last year. Yeah. And, and it, we don't want to fire a sale. We don't want any of that to happen. But if if you listen to the media, it, it seems like that's going to happen. But right, we got to be optimistic. We got to be pessimistic. We got to be optimistic you know, about this. Kind of cutting thing. payroll, they could cut twenty four million dollars off next year and forty eight million. I think if I did the math right, maybe even fifty million dollars over the next two years, simply by uh, finding homes for 
Mike Moustakis and Shogo Akiyama. I mean, if you, if you, I'm also hearing like the latest as well is that is that they're cutting this and trying to cut payroll, right? I mean, to get the money to, to sign Nick Cassianos back, it ain't gonna happen. It could. I mean, you never know. Yeah. I, but honestly, uh, you know, Nick Castellanos is probably gonna be the top free agent uh, outfielder this year. There's a pitcher that has a 4.15 ERA that just got a 15 and a half million dollar per year contract with the Tigers. So Castellanos is probably going to be in the $25 million a year range. Now you could swap his contract out with Moustakas and Shogo and, and you, from a money wise, you're kind of break even, but honestly, as much as I love Nick Castellanos, I, I think statistically Max Schrock and uh, TJ Friedel from the limited time they had last year, I'm not going to say perform as well, but I, I think they perform enough to keep the team on a on a uh on a competitive level as well as long as everyone else on the team doesn't have subpar years we give those guys some playing time and enough at bats who knows i mean i i hated the 2015 rebuild I, to this day i think it was the wrong move because moves like uh what they're going through today it, it just it hurts the franchise overall but as I say that, and as we'll get into uh, later in the show when we break down kind of the salary, the payroll, and uh, revenues of the Castellini era, era, what Bob promised, what he said, where he delivered, where he failed. That, that's what we're going to get into tonight. There's a lot of, you know, Bob sucks sentiment out there. Bob lied or he didn't follow through. And I think uh, when we get into the details, we're going to see not everything that Bob set out to has obviously happened. And but at the same time, I don't think you can blame it a hundred percent on the on the spending. But we'll get into that and some other other Reds news. But uh, as far as the rebuild uh, from 2015 2016, I hated that one. There was the players uh, that were going to fill in the position of the players we were losing were not there, and you know, it, it was a disaster. I don't think we're at the same place this time. I, I I think the Reds can cut payroll and still field a uh, competitive team. I don't know if it would be a contending team, but at least a competitive team. And they, they were not competitive from 2016 through 2018, really 19 a little bit. They got a little bit better. But uh, the 2018 team was one of the worst Reds teams I've seen of all time. Look, it was managing the team. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, we'll go through the payroll, and uh, it, it will just kind of shine a light even more on uh, on, uh, Brian, on the Brian Price era. But uh, before we get into that, let's get into some good news. Uh, so we talked about no more transactions have happened, but uh, there were two awards given out. Uh, one of them, one thing is a travesty. We'll, we'll go with the bad news first. Joey Votto still has not won a silver slugger award at first base. Yeah. He's getting overlooked like he always does. I mean, Freddie Freeman, very deserving. Uh, but the year that, uh, Votto had, I, I don't know what more he could do. He should have got the, the MVP award in, uh, 2017 over, uh, Stanton, Stanton hit, uh, you know, 50 home runs or something like that that year. But Vada was the better overall offensive player and uh, meant more to his team than the Marlins. I mean, both teams record wise that year were awful. 
Uh, so maybe if one of the two teams, maybe if the Reds played better that year, Votto would have went over. But uh, yeah, and maybe the same thing this year. You know, Freddie Freeman, great story, great player. Uh, like one of the my favorite players that's not a Red is uh, definitely Freddie Freeman. Uh, so maybe the Braves uh, making it to the postseason kind of pushed Votto over or pushed him over Votto. But uh, but yeah, it's kind of a travesty that uh, Votto doesn't have a single gold gl- or a single silver slugger uh, in his career uh, when he's been the best, uh, probably the best overall hitter when you consider on base percentage and advanced statistics uh, of his era. In the National League, uh, I mean, Mike Trout's miles ahead of pretty much everyone. <laughs> was Votto even nominated for a Silver Slugger? I think he was. Yes, he was. Okay, I'm pretty sure. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure because uh, just from a tweet I saw from uh, C Trent, but I, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Uh, but who did win the Silver Slugger? Nick Castellanos. So congratulations to. I guess former Red uh, since the season's over and he's now a free agent, uh, Nick Castellanos, and hopefully the Reds can make a deal for him that works within uh, his budget and theirs. But you know you're dealing with Scott Boris, so it's it's probably going to be a money and location thing. Uh, location's going to matter. I don't see Nick Castellanos going to the West Coast, uh, but I could see him going to hopefully not the Cubs. Could see him going to the Cardinals. Uh, I hate to say that, but uh, you know, they, uh, no, we don't want to. We don't want to think that. Could see him going back to Detroit, who's opening up their checkbook uh, evidently uh, this off season. And and you know the the one thing I find interesting is that a you know free agent signing was already made uh, today by the Tigers. Uh, this being November fifteenth, and. You know, usually you don't really have too many moves, uh, major deals made before uh, what's typically the uh, winter meetings in December. And with the, I guess with the pending uh, collective bargaining agreement ending at midnight on December 1st, so basically November 30th is the last thing to get anything done. Um. I guess some of the agents are like, let's pull the trigger now and get your deal done before everything may change. Yeah, that's what it would make sense. And, and you, I, don't know, you don't know what's going to happen. And, and I think that may be part of the reason why the Reds are looking to shed payroll. Uh, I mean, you have there's a lot of things. You have COVID. Uh, you have uh, the disappointing middle part of the season last year that. Uh, I think hurt attendance. You had COVID coming back that I think hurt attendance uh, in 2021. Uh, 2020 uh, revenues were almost fell 50. percent uh, We'll get into that just later, but uh, you know maybe that's why. So collective bargaining agreement. But anyway, congratulations to Nick Castellanos. Absolutely well deserved. Uh, the Reds would not have been competitive last year. Uh, to where the playoffs were even a possibility if it were not for Joey Votto, Nick Castellanos, and uh, the next guy we're going to talk to, a huge part of uh, Nick Castellanos' success, a huge part of Joey Votto's success, and that's Jonathan India. Yeah, without him emerging from the minor leagues and doing what he did in 2021, we would not have had a pretty, pretty, really good season, except for one month. 
Oh, absolutely. Jonathan India, rookie of the year. Well deserved. Yes, he was. Well deserved. The, absolutely, and uh, you know nothing. Nothing against Dylan Carlson and uh, Rogers from the Marlins. But Jonathan India led all rookies in like three categories. Yeah, and you, and you know the one of the coolest parts of it, uh, the person that introduced him as rookie of the year. Oh yeah, Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench is rookie of the year in 1968. And well, and Johnny Bench introduced him uh, and gave him the news tonight uh, on MLB Network. So uh, Jonathan India learned that he was rookie of the year from. Johnny Bench, which is really cool. That's it's very cool. So, congratulations to Jonathan India. Let's get in to the thing that everybody loves to talk about but doesn't want to actually listen, and that is Reds payroll. What what have they done in the Castellini era? Uh, is it true that you know it's bargain Bob <laughs> as as what it, as what the uh, Rumors are because a lot of the vets because of uh, Lance McAllister. Uh, but let, let's just get into it and, and how we broke it down. Uh, I've looked at the revenue and on-field payroll from 2006. That's the first year that they purchased the team. And uh, all the way through uh, 2020 on revenue and payroll through 2021. So when Bob Bott took over the team in 2006... Uh, the payroll was sixty point nine million dollars. Okay, King Griffey Jr. I'm, I think I'm, I'm gonna let you. I'm letting you have this one because I. Have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I've I've already done all the research. Uh, that year though, with sixty one million dollar payroll, eighty wins. If I had not gone on vacation yeah. that year. They would have won it because I went on vacation. They went on a losing streak, and uh, the Cardinals. It's all your fault. Dave. The Cardinals. It's all your fault, the Cardinals Scott. crossed over, and you know, kind of this year, I went on vacation, and the Cardinals crossed them again at <laughs> in August. So maybe I shouldn't go on vacation in August if the Reds are. Uh, Stop going on vacation, Scott. Well, no. Now when I went on vacation on June, they went on a winning streak. So and I, then you're gonna have, you're gonna have to time your vacation. Yeah. So August uh, August they seem to fall if I go on vacation. But they won 80 games that year. Uh, of course, King Griffey Jr. is a big part of that payroll. Uh, Adam Dunn was on that team. Uh, was Lark Larkin had retired? So yes, yeah. Larkin had retired 2004. Yeah. I think that was the, still the Felipe Lopez era. <laughs> But that he had was a good, he had a, he had a good first year though. Yeah, but I mean that was a, that was a good first year. I I don't I think it was Dan O'Brien was still or maybe it was Wayne Kritzky. One of the two were still the uh, GM for the Reds. I think it was Wayne Kritzky. I think uh, Bob came in and and got rid of Dan O'Brien. Uh, not a hundred percent sure on that one. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, whoever it was made some great deals. Uh, they got Brandon Phillips for Jeff Stevens. That was a bargain. They got uh, Bronson Arroyo for Willie Mo Pena. Yeah, it was a bargain. So and and you know they started they were going to start the season off with Tony Womack at second base, who was probably the worst defensive second baseman I've ever seen in my life uh, at that stage of Tony Womack's career. 
And, uh, you know, shortly after the season started, Brandon Phillips uh, got the nod, and and that was the beginning of the building of uh, championship baseball in Cincinnati, which is what Bob promised when he bought the team. I consider a division championship to be championship-level baseball because you got to get that championship in there uh, to if you win the championship, you're definitely in. You don't have to worry about other teams uh, outside your division, and uh, that gets you into the postseason and, and a chance to make moves. Uh, so that that was the beginning of the building of uh, the 2010 team. Uh, both of those guys, Brandon Phillips and uh, and uh, Bronson Arroyo, big parts of uh, the probably the winningest era of the Bob Castellini era. <laughs> The other thing that Bob always said he would do is uh, as revenue goes up, he would uh, put the money back into the payroll. And looking at looking kind of how the payroll went, I would say most years that happened. So, uh, for example, payroll went up in, uh, or revenue went up uh, 15% or 10% in 2007. Uh from the previous year, 12% went back into payroll, 6%, 8%. So most years, uh, he put the money back in. The only exceptions would be uh, during the rebuild, 2016, 2017, 2018. Uh, those years, respectively, revenue went up every single year. Payroll went down. The way it's supposed to go. Yeah, well, it was during the rebuild. 2015, uh, the Reds' payroll was the highest in team history at the time at $118 million. Uh, 2016, it dropped down to $93.1 million after they sold off, uh, you know, or traded off uh, Cueto and uh, Chapman in that offseason. And, and you, you know all the moves. Uh, Todd Frazier. We love Todd Frazier when he was here. Yep. 2017, it went down even further, 82.3 million. 2018, and this is kind of where I was getting to about the how bad Brian Price was. So you know how bad Brian Price started off that year? Three and eighteen. Don't remind me. I tried to forget that. Try to block that in my mind. The Reds added eighteen million dollars to the payroll from twenty seventeen to twenty eighteen. That shows you how much Brian Price had. As a manager, right, and you know, and, and in 2014, uh, the Reds had he the Reds added a little bit from 2013, not much. Uh, Bob Castellini was complaining about the media coverage at the time, and that's kind of why I think people have that feeling that they just don't do anything, is because, uh, I mean, they didn't do a lot between 2013 and 2014. Still added two million dollars, had a hundred and twelve million dollar payroll uh, in 2014. And Brian Price, I mean, there were some injuries along the way, uh, but uh, I, I think Roldis Chapman started the year injured because for some reason I remember J.J. Uh, Hoover trying to close out a game. Or maybe that was 2016 he was trying to close out the game. And for some reason I think it was 2014 because it wasn't that the first year of uh, instant replay. Yeah, it was either – I think it was 14. Yeah, I think you're correct. I can't remember. I just remember J.J. Hoover but was, Hoover was, was, trying, to, was they were trying to make him a closer in 16. Okay, maybe it was 16. It, it all kind of runs together. That's right. Chapman was still on the team in 14. But uh, 
But yeah, it just seemed it seemed like weird decisions that Brian Price started to make around that time. Uh, nonetheless, they won seventy six games that year. It's pathetic. With the uh, slight increase in pay, I mean, pretty much maintaining the payroll, maintaining the team. Uh, I think Marlon Bird was the big addition that year. Uh, of course, I think Ryan Ludwig it was that was the year he got hurt in opening day, or maybe I'm thinking 2013. The years kind of run together, but uh, but yeah, so the Reds won 76 games with a $112 million payroll. 2015, now granted, they, they uh, traded away a lot of the players at the All-Star break. Uh, $117 million, almost $118 million payroll. 64 games went, won that year. Pathetic. 2016, uh, cut down to a $93 million payroll. 68 games won that year. 27, yeah. 2017, yeah. $82 million payroll, 68 games won that year. You're then they back bad memories here, Scott. Come on. Then they add almost $19 million to the payroll in 2018. 67 games won that year. Brian Price is gone. I mean, Riggleman had to struggle to get to 67 games. Riggleman did a good job to do what he did. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Reds add payroll again in 2019, even after getting rid of the $28 million contract of Homer Bailey. Uh, it was hallelujah when that happened. Uh, I mean, and we got Kyle Farmer out of it long-term. Yeah, out of that trade, Kyle Farmer was the best one. I mean, say what you want about Dick Williams or even uh, even um, Nick Crawl, because he was part of, a, of that deal at the time, too. Um, the Homer Bailey trade to Los Angeles may go down as one of the better trades in Reds history. Yeah, dumping a crappy pitcher and getting a great shortstop. Yeah, I mean, when the deal was made in 2013 for Homer Bailey, um, the Bob's plan, according to him, uh, in the in an article with the uh, Inquirer at the time, was he wanted to sign uh, Cueto, he wanted to sign Matt Latos, he wanted to sign uh, all the top pitchers. Uh, thank uh, uh, Cueto probably would have worked out, but you know he got a lot of money in San Francisco, so that was probably not going to happen with the Reds anyway. Um, and he had a couple rough years and injuries early on with that deal. So that would have been another bad deal for a small market team like the Reds. And then uh, Matt Latos, uh, I mean, they traded him away at the right time, too, due to injury. So, you know, uh, some of the moves uh, in the rebuild were painful. But uh, in in retrospect, while we didn't get a lot back for him, uh, other than the Homer Bailey trade may have been the, one of the best trades of the rebuild. You know, we should have signed Dallas Latos for the bullpen. No comment on that. <laughs> yeah. No, sorry, I wasn't a Matt Latos fan. Yeah, but uh, Dallas is even worse. Whatever you think of, whatever know. you think of Matt, she's she is even worse. So I'll I'll leave it at that. But uh, but yeah, looking at the payroll in 2019, 126 million dollars, uh, first year for. Uh, Current Reds manager David Bell, only 75 wins. I, I think that was definitely a, a disappointing season. Uh, of course, Reds made the, the Matt Kemp didn't work out well at all. He just didn't mesh in with the team. Uh, he was gone short in short order. Um, I wonder if any of that was just a conflict with David Bell because um, 
Bell did not want to play Matt Kemp. Well, Matt Kemp was was just he was over the hill. Yeah, point. true. And uh, then you had uh, Yasiel Puig. Uh, I think he was great for the. He actually, I think, fit in in Cincinnati, which is uh, kind of hard to believe. Just kind of how. Uh, you know, he didn't fit in, in in the Dodgers organization. He did fit in here, but he got traded uh, for Trevor Bauer. Oh, all all these uh, different personalities on the team. But uh, like we said, got, we got Kyle Farmer out of the deal. We're like, oh, a throw. It's almost like a throw-in player, and and he's turned out probably to be the best for the organization out, out of all the players we just mentioned. Yeah, Farmer. He was a big. Uh... Well, when he got him as a catcher, but now as he's became a shortstop, he's really been surprising. He's really been just really good at his, his position. Right. And then in, in 2020, uh, the Reds added a bunch, $20 million in payroll uh, from a net perspective uh, that year. Uh, it, it Had there been a full season, uh, the Reds payroll would have been at $146.2 million on opening day. Would that be the highest they've ever had? That, that is the highest they've ever had. Uh, that would be 52, 53% of the previous year's uh, revenue, which is about the second highest they've ever had. Uh, the highest uh, was 55% in 2013. But uh, as far as, you know, raw numbers, uh, that's the highest. And then, you know, COVID hit and screwed everything up. Uh, so looking at revenue, uh, I, I told you it kind of went up pretty much every year. Uh, just looking through the rebuild, uh, 2015, $237 million. It did drop in 2016 after the initial trades and, and you know, coming off the all-star game year to 229. But in 2017, 2018, and 2019, it went up from 243 to 257 and 2019, 276. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure this is going to come up in a lot of the players' uh, arguments in the CBA, too, because this is where that national TV money is kicking in. Because uh, in that same article in 2013, uh, Bob showed, because they were like, why are you giving all these long-term deals? How, how are you going to afford it? And he had it all written out uh, with, you know, the mo- the money from the national TV deals coming in on the back end to pay for guys like Joey Votto, Homer Bailey at the time, of course, that deal just didn't work out. Votto's worked out very well for the team. And, uh, you know, the revenue from what I found from sources in 2020 with the shortened season went from $276 million. Uh, and granted, they had $126 million payroll uh, that year to $114 million in 2020. Of course, they had a reduced payroll of about $55 million out of the 146, but they still had to pay the other players, pay taxes, pay the money to keep the lights on at the field. So they lost about $50 million net in uh, 2020, cut the payroll by $21 million uh, going into 2021, mostly in the bullpen. And now we're heading into 2022. And I think if they cut it right and can find ways to make the moves because I mean, we talked about last year, like they need to, they need to trade some of these guys. They got excesses in, in these positions. They need, they need bullpen, make the move. And, and they didn't make the move. So now they, they really need to move Mike Moustakis, uh or, or Suarez. I'd rather keep Suarez based on the way he played in September. 
Because, I mean, there's no place for Mike Moustakis to play right now. No, I mean, it's third third or second or first, and it's all occupied. And he's making $16 million in 2022 and set to make $20 million in 2023. I mean, if you'd say, if you would have said this when we signed him, that he was going to be hurt most of the time, right. we, we would have laughed, but... It, it, the truth is, he's he's been injured. He's just not really worth that money right now. So I mean, you can cut payroll <laughs> right there, and, and and I hate to say it because he, he's a really great guy. He's probably a great leader on the team uh, in the clubhouse. But uh, you don't need a twenty million dollar uh, twenty million dollar uh, bench guy uh, when your payroll's even one hundred and fifty million dollars. That's that's kind of a luxury for teams like the Dodgers, right? And if you find a suitor for him, hey, do it. Make the trade. Yeah, and then uh, the other guy, I, I love this signing. Uh, just didn't work out for whatever reason. Uh, Shogo Akiyama is making eight million dollars in twenty twenty two. I think scheduled to make eight or nine million dollars in twenty twenty three, and then hits arbitration uh, or whatever is in place after the next uh, collective bargaining agreement. Again, great player to have on your team. Uh, it's nice to have an $8 million bench guy, but if you're, if you need to cut payroll, like it looks like the reds do and, and like what, uh, either g- the general manager wants to, or Bob wants to, that that's not a luxury to have when you have a bullpen that needs work. I mean, even if you're going to keep the payroll the same, um, you can't add, you can't add quality bullpen guys and keep those two guys on the roster unless you want to significantly increase uh, your payroll. Right. I mean, it, I, I think the tough, and, and I, I think, think what's going to hurt Shogo's value though, is that he, because he just struggled offensively. Right. I mean, he never really got a, he really never got an opportunity, but the opportunities he had, he never took advantage of. Right. I mean, defensively guys solid. Yeah. But as a hitter, he just couldn't find his stroke. And, and I, I think where it's going to cause Reds fans uh, and, and, almost looked like a 2016 style rebuild or teardown or however you want to look at it, fire sale is there aren't going to be very many teams out there that are just going to take, um, take the salary of Mustakis and Shogo with how they performed the last two years, unless you tag on a top prospect or a prospect with them. And, and Nick crawl says he doesn't want to give up prospects to make trades. Or attach someone like a Jesse Winker to the trade as well, which then, of course, you know, d- does signif- does weaken your major league team, at least short term. Yeah, because then you're taking away a guy that has a, a good upside to him. Obviously, we saw that in 2021. And then you don't want to give away any prospects. You have one of the top prospects in in baseball when it comes to hunter green and nick lodolo and those guys are going to compete for right for a starting position right and you know rotation i I think i think that's the challenge the reds are either going to have to unfortunately give up a major league player uh with some of these deals if if they are going to deal i mean if you're going to cut payroll and they still have mike moustakis and shogo akiyama on the team uh, they failed their mission Right. I mean, you can't have guys like that that are going to be hurt or not hitting the ball and not fielding the ball very well. Like Moustakis, he had a rough time in third base 
making the plays and throwing the ball away. Which was supposed to be his natural position. Right. He's been, he started with his third base at, in Kansas City. And then he just can't seem to field anymore. So with it, you're going to have a DH in, next, in 2022. That would be the perfect prime spot for him. Right. But we don't know that. I, I mean, I guess the other option would be uh, they could trade Suarez with some of these uh, moves and then move Nick Senzel back to third base where he played in college. Nick Senzel is another anomaly here in, in this conversation because he's been hurt. He's, he hasn't really gotten his potential yet. No, I mean, he never he's never had, had a full season, I don't think, where he's not been injured to showcase like uh, – Jonathan India did. I, I remember when we when uh, the Reds drafted Jonathan India. I think the year after they drafted Nick Senzel, or maybe two years after. And I'm like, why are they getting Jonathan India? They played the same position. Uh, I think they both played third base in college. Uh, both SEC yeah. guys, and uh, you know it, it worked out for Jonathan India, and uh, hopefully it'll work out for Nick Senzel. I mean, I guess Senzel could be another player they make. They could probably tie in with the Moustakas or Shogo to make the move. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, or, or a pitcher. I mean, they've, they've rumored, uh, you know, I think Castillo has been rumored to be traded since the Reds acquired him from the Marlins the first year. Uh, but, uh, but you know, I, well, five, maybe, minute, five minutes as a red and they wanted to trade him away. Right. I mean, it happens. It happens every year. So, I mean, I don't, I don't get too worked up over the trade deals. Uh, and like we said to start the show, the Reds have so much talent uh, at the AAA level that either ready for the major leagues or on the cusp that I think they can make these same moves and not have a 64-win season. Right. And, and like you said, all the talent at AAA, it's, it's crazy right now. And surprisingly, that Louisville team didn't win a hundred games. Right. But you know, you, you, you saw, well, I mean the Reds called up a lot of their top guys last year too. And, yeah. and Max That's rock true. and, and, uh, you know, and, and the great thing about Max rock, I thought was, and it may just been because of injuries, uh, in years past, you've had a guy in triple a that hit 300 and bring him up and he'd ride the bench. I'm like, really? Let's let's see what the, I, I mean. Granted, the guy I think in that case I, I can't pronounce his name, so but he was like a journeyman, and he was in his thirties when he got up here. But he's hitting like three eighty five down in AAA, and the Reds were at was one of the sixty win season seasons. Let that guy play ball in September, see what he can do. Uh, you you may found an older diamond in the rough, but uh, nonetheless, I I think next year is going to be okay. I until we see what happens with the collective bargaining agreement what moves the Reds actually make versus what's been rumored. Uh, I, I wouldn't give any predictions right now. It's not enough to get emotional over or uh, say Bob sell the team. I mean, he may, if he's, if he's looking to cut payroll that much, he may be looking to sell the team. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to, without him coming out and actually saying it, it's hard to really predict what's going to happen here. Yeah. I mean, Nick crawl came from the, he got his start in the Oakland A's organization, so he's all about Moneyball. Yeah, I remember that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the book by Billy Bean. So, you know that that's kind of that's kind of his background where he got his start. Uh, I think he has more of the Oakland A's influence than the Dick Williams influence, who was also, you know, he was a bean counter. Uh, <laughs> Dick Williams was. He came from a, the world of accounting. 
uh, before he got into yep. baseball operations. Now he worked his way up. Uh, you know, he was the owner's son, uh, the Williams brothers' son. But uh, he did, he did, you know, start from the bottom in baseball operations. Worked his way up. Nick Crawl has kind of the same, same background. So they've seen it all. Uh, Nick Crawl does not need to speak to the media. <laughs> it's the stuff he says. Yep. From an English standpoint, makes no sense as well as a baseball standpoint. Uh, but, you know, just like last year at the uh, trade deadline, uh, I remember Bob Castellini uh, told the media, like, yeah, they bring me they bring me a deal. I'm going to approve it. The money's there. I'll approve the money. And then uh, they the same day they asked Nick Crawl, he's like, yeah, we don't really see any, any needs right now or something along those lines. So I, I think uh, and I saw a report that the ownership is demanding money. I didn't see anyone say that. I think that was kind of the uh, writer's opinion presented as fact. But it, it is obvious that uh, Nick Kroll believes, and, and you know Bob said that in the in the uh, in the article where he's talking about uh, about money and how he reinvest in the team is that a team like the Reds has to. Uh, continually to scout and develop talent. And I think unless you're the dot, you're like the top five teams in revenue, the Dodgers, the Yankees can kind of get away with that. But you know, the Dodgers have great scouting uh, and, and a pretty good minor league system. The Yankees, eh, the, their minor league systems improved since, uh, um, since the younger Steinbrenners took over. Uh, uh, you know, I can't think of his name now. They're the original Steinbrenner. George? George, yeah. I don't think he really – he's kind of like Marge. The the old school 80s, a lot of those owners, they're like, they didn't care about the minors at all for the most part. Uh, certain teams did, and, and they're the ones that kind of made a headway in the 90s and, and two th- early 2000s. But, uh, you know, the Yankees, they didn't – George Steinbrenner didn't care what his uh, farm system was. He looked at Kansas City as his farm system. <laughs> well – I mean, Kansas City, at least, you know, if you go back to the early days. Oh, yeah. Kansas City was the farm system. For the Yankees, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and, and to the to a lesser extent, the Reds were too <laughs> in the early 2000s. Uh, under, under the Under the Carl Linder, Carl Linder days. But uh, nonetheless, uh, whoever owns the team, I'm going to be supporting them. Hopefully, they don't trade everybody. No, but, but no. I, 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 as we want, we want to be fans and, and, you know, the foreseeable future and we want to be able to cheer them on to win. Well, you know, it just, uh, it, it kind of kills the brand because, you know, me and you are diehard fans. We're going to be there, uh, regardless as who, of who is, uh, whose name's on the back. But, uh, you know, the, between the media, social media and, and the, the, you know, the everyday fan, uh, that's, I don't want to call them fair weather, but you know, the casual fan, you know, they see, Oh, they got rid of, uh, this guy, this guy, this guy, it's another rebuild. They're going to lose another three or four years. Uh, that hurts attendance. It does. That hurts uh, season ticket sales. So, uh, the, that, I think that's what Bob was saying. He really wanted to kind of model the reds after the Cardinals. I think Dick Williams want to kind of model it a little bit after what the Cubs and Astros did by tearing down and then rebuilding. And I think now Nick crawl has kind of an Oakland a style, um, attitude, maybe a little bit like a Tampa Bay Rays, but I mean, their farm system is amazing. Um, and development is is amazing. 
I mean, when they got Randy and Rosarena, oh my gosh. Yeah, that, that that deal happened. Uh, I don't know if the if the what the Brewers are thinking. Well, they got him from the Cardinals. Oh, did they get him from the Cardinals? I thought they got a deal. Yeah. F- they got a deal from the Brewers too. I thought. Uh, I I think I know. I don't know that one, but I know the Cardinals. We had him at one point. Oh, okay. No, I think he came from the Brewers this time. Hang on, I'm gonna look that one up live while we're talking. I'll I'll let you uh talk a little bit. What do you? Oh, what do you? What would you think if the Reds took like a mixed uh, standpoint this year? Because that's one other thing Nick Crawl did talk about was uh, rebuilding the bullpen. Well, I mean the bullpen needs rebuilt. Obviously, you're losing Michael Lorenzen. There's a good chance he won't be back. He's going to demand a, a lot of money as well. Um, you've got too many guys that have really underperformed. You got guys that didn't pitch at all. Brandon Bailey is a guy I never pitched. You got him in a trade in 2020 and he never got in anyway. Sace has got a guy that's really stepped up and he's, he's shown he's what his worth is. Uh, Amir Garrett can walk away anytime he wants. Um, Ryan Hendricks was, was awful. And then he was good and he was awful again. Uh, but I mean, you've got to add to this. Dory Moretta is a guy that is 25, but he's he's really good in the short time we saw him. So that, I think he's got a very good upside to him as well. Uh, Lucas Sims coming back. Art Warren has got upside. Justin Wilson coming back. You got to add a little more piece to that. You got to you got to replace Michael Lorenzo if he does leave. You right. got to have a veteran veteran lever, and there will be a really good. Uh, uh, a guy that gets at the end of the bullpen, a setup guy, if whatever whatever they are now. I don't know if they're setup guys anymore, but that would be a guy to fill that spot to fill it for a closer. Michael Givens, I could bring him back. Hopefully that'll happen. Michael Givens is very good here. Right. Well, it looks like uh, the trade that the Rays made uh, was for Mike. Uh, am I seeing the same guy, Mike Brousseau? That was recent. Oh, that was recent. Okay, sorry, I thought you were talking about recent trades, but the Martin, yeah, the Rays keep making trades. I mean, they make trades all the time, and and they get like steals. Uh, I, I saw one. I think Jim Bowden uh, was like the Rays got a steal by getting the minor leaguer from the Brewers, the pros- top prospect for just a utility player. So, I mean, whoever their GM is is a very smart man. Absolutely. So, hopefully, the Reds can. I, I, I really think the Reds need to find their own system and stick with it. I, I don't know if uh, what ha- what made Bob change his mind uh, with the rebuild or step back as the Reds wanted to brand it uh, because uh, his his envision will always was you got to keep winning if you plan to compete as a small mid-market team and build the fan base to where you have 30, 40,000 fans almost every night and uh, rebuilds don't do it because um, as you've seen, <laughs> the attendance crashed and then COVID happened. And uh, that was probably the absolute worst timing uh, in any type of rebuild uh, was when COVID hit. Well, it would be like the Orioles. They've been rebuilding for 20 years. Yeah. But you know, Bob wanted to bring winning baseball back to Cincinnati. Uh, he really hasn't done that. He's only had five winning seasons, four playoff appearances. 
even even if you take out the uh, the three or four years for the uh, rebuild, uh, we'll say three years for the rebuild, four years for the rebuild. Uh, that's still only uh, that's still more losing seasons than winning seasons. Uh, so I, I think it is fair to say Bob hasn't delivered on what he said he was going to do. Don't know if calling him bargain Bob is really fair because I, I don't think no matter who on the team that they're going to put much more than 52% of gross revenues into the team uh, or as the average has been about 46% uh, because you got, you got other things and, and other owners are going to want to take a profit. Right. So uh, I, I, I think there's some fair criticism. Uh, hopefully, uh, my biggest criticism the last two years, uh, especially uh, since COVID happened, is it's been kind of quiet on why they're doing what they're doing. At least during the rebuild, they came out and, and kind of explained their plan. Uh, they really haven't said anything other than the generic, we got we to gotta scout and develop. Well, you should have been doing that for the last 15 years, and we wouldn't be talking about it now. I mean, let's give us an explanation of what's going on here. Absolutely. Nope. Nothing. We got nothing last year where they didn't say why they cut payroll. They're just like, well, they said that they were going to reallocate the funds, which that was the stupidest thing to say. If they were, if they were going to cut payroll, uh, you know, and then leave the bullpen like they did. Yeah. Bullpen. uh, We haven't had a really good bullpen. I don't know how many years now. Right. Well, you know, it wasn't too bad a couple years ago, but last year was, uh, 2021, uh, was not good. And the players that they got off the scrap heap, uh, none of them worked out. They weren't Jason Marquis bad or Kevin Gregg bad. Uh, but you know, Amir Garrett, uh, that was hugely disappointing. Uh, I mean, a lot of the Reds problems in 2021 is too many players had extremely disappointing streaks during the year. Yeah, I mean, we can't always – we can just point the finger at Suarez. So, Suarez, year. Amir Garrett, uh, Luis Castillo, who uh, fans are getting upset about. I mean, he had if, – if he had started, I mean, it's so crazy. The Reds could have won, won the division had they not had those two or three stretches of really bad baseball. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine if Suarez had been hitting – 250, well, at least 250 all year. Even 200 all year. <laughs> and if Moustakis was hurt all season. Right. I mean, can, can you imagine that the, off, the offense it would, have, would have kept going? We would have been in the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. Easy. We may have won the World Series. It's possible. Look at the, the Braves. The Braves. Nobody picked the Braves. Nobody picked the Braves. The, the Braves started the season with a lower payroll than the Reds. Yeah, look what they did. And it proves anything can happen as long as you play as a team and not right. get hurt all the time. So hopefully hopefully if the Reds do cut payroll, they leave, they're doing it to leave room uh, at the yeah. trade deadline because I, I think that was another problem with the, the way the, the, the team was constructed going into 2020. There wasn't a lot of room, most likely, uh, to add at the uh, – I know they added in the in – the, COVID season, everything kind of goes out the window, but, uh, you know, they did add Archie Bradley uh, and uh, Goodwin to the team uh, in 2020 uh, in the crazy season that that was. 
Uh, but, uh, you know, that didn't leave them a lot of room, and they, they made those cuts uh, coming out of that season. So who knows? I mean, uh, pay, the revenue may have jumped to $320 million if uh, the Reds would have had a full season that year, and, and uh, we wouldn't be having this conversation now. But overall, Bob, just explain what you're going to do and, and get Nick Crawl on the same page. Yeah, you give us a heads up so we're all not hating on the Reds ownership right now. Yeah, I, I'm tired of uh, I'm tired of reading all the negativity every day. They give us some give us some good news. We got the good news with Jonathan India. Uh if you if you're going to make a trade, let's get somebody either a top prospect or even a major leaguer in return that looks like it's going to help the team or uh, be a guy that uh fans complained about all year last year and get them off the team kind of have a subtract uh, addition by subtraction, but uh, in the meantime, hopefully we get some good news in the offseason. Kind of hoping that they avoid a work stoppage. It's not looking very good. Uh, the owners are, are like throwing out ridiculous uh, offers. But, uh, but yeah, until, until next time, uh, go Reds. Go Reds.